Hey everyone, welcome back to today's show. On today's episode, we will be talking about anticipatory grief. As you all know, my name is Amy. I'm a mom of three children, one who has special needs, and his name is Luke. Luke spent 34 days in the NICU and now struggles with epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and he is G2 fed. So what is anticipatory grief? This is actually a really hard subject for us special needs parents to talk about um, because a lot of this stuff we would never admit to anyone probably out loud. But if you look up the definition of anticipatory grief on Google, it will say that it's a feeling of grief occurring before an impending loss. Typically, the impending loss is the death of someone close due to illness. Although this is the definition that Google gives you, in real life, the way this plays out is much, much deeper and much, much harder. Anticipatory grief carries many of the symptoms of regular grief, such as sadness, anger, depression, isolation, um, bargaining. And so because of that, it is kind of this weird mental state that you sometimes fall into where you still have your child, but you have this fear of losing them. And that fear sometimes becomes a visualization. So when you couple anticipatory grief with exhaustion, it becomes heavy on the caregiver because you start to hit uh, caregiver's fatigue. It kind of brings this type of anxiety that can't ever really turn into peace because there's always this impending loss that is in the forefront of your mind because that's your biggest fear. At every turn or at every emergency room visit, at it, at every hospital visit, you wonder if you will have your child uh, for 5, 10, or 15 years. Like, how long where, will your child live? That is a question I've asked myself and I've asked doctors because that fear of losing him is real and it's really deep. It causes a hyper alertness that leads to like I said, caregiver's fatigue because you panic anytime your child is has to be taken into a procedure or a surgery or anything like that. So not only are you struggling with anxiety because of the actual present um, difficulties that your child fa- faces, but you also face anxiety because of the future and you have depression because of the past. Um, so living in the present is really difficult because The past and the future both hold such heavy repercussions, right? The past holds a lot of depression because of the the trauma that you probably went through with your child. And the future holds a lot of worry uh, because you don't know what this uncertainty looks like. So in this present, you have this mixture of trying to be grateful, but at the same time feeling uh, an immense amount of of grief because of the loss of expectation and the anticipatory grief of the future. As a person that struggles with anticipatory grief daily, I can say that it feels so much more than what the definition that Google gave. My husband and I struggle with anticipatory grief because we don't know how long we'll have Luke. 
Yes, I know that no one really knows how long they'll have their own child, but the fear of a special needs parent is different because fear doesn't normally stare you right in your face every day the way it does to special needs parents. Every time Luke has a seizure, and that's multiple times a day, knowing that he doesn't use his muscles, seeing him in the hospital and waiting for every procedure procedure or surgery, I fear that I'm going to lose him. And this reality just breaks my heart every time. When I first learned about Luke's brain damage and what that meant, I lost it. Sitting there in the NICU with other babies around, I just lost it. Inside, I panicked. And as a doctor told us the extent of the brain damage, the first question that came out of my lips, well, the truth is I couldn't even ask the question. It came out like a jumbled mess with tears and fear. But the first thing that came out was, how long will he live? Of course, the doctor didn't have an answer, but the words he told me will stick with me forever. He told me that he can't say how long Luke will live, but the truth is that you don't see many 70-year-olds with cerebral palsy and a G-tube. And those words stung so much. They hurt so much, and every day until now, it's a fear that me and Adrian live. Since that day, we've always known that every second of every day is a gift with Luke. But some days are harder than others. Some days are harder to be appreciative. Some days are harder to see the good parts because Luke struggles so much sometimes. There are days when I can see him fighting so hard. Days where he's in pain and there's nothing I can do about it. There's days when he has seizures for 45 minutes straight and no matter how much I hug him no matter how much I kiss him no matter how much I sing to him or try to care for him as a mother with my instincts it's not enough I see fear in his eyes and the only time I've heard his voice is through the cries of a seizure while his body shakes this is hard And for special needs parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. I know I'm not alone in this. Anticipatory grief looks like this fear that this is it. This might be it. Fear that one day he'll stop fighting. One day it might be too hard for him. And I wonder if it's selfish to want him to stay or I should respect how much he's willing to fight. I don't know what I would do when it really comes down to it. When you think about how hard our child fights to stay with us. When is it too much? And when is it time to let go? These are the questions that cross my mind when it comes to anticipatory grief. These questions that no parent should have to ask themselves. No parent should outlive their child. No parent should bury their child. And even before it happens, it's in our mind. We wonder, is that going to be me? So when you think of anticipatory grief, it's not just understanding that your child may one day pass away. Because anticipatory grief plays that out in your head. 
and this is hard to admit, but I'm going to try and be as honest as possible. So, okay, here's how it plays out. I'm going to talk about something that no parent will admit, and that's that they've actually thought about their child dying. Yes, that's literally what anticipatory grief is. When you fear something, you fear it because in your head you've seen it, and I've seen it. I know I have. It's something very difficult to talk about, but it's something very real that happens with a lot of special needs parents. I've sat there, bawling my eyes out, wondering how I would tell Mia and explain it to her. I've envisioned how I would react to watching my baby die. I've wondered how my life could go on when I've lost a child. I've thought about how I will be broken for the rest of my life. That is anticipatory grief. Sometimes when you're in this journey with a special needs child, when your child is sick, your mind goes places, dark places, that you would never speak out loud. Every day I have to fight those feelings and keep them at bay in order to avoid them to take my joy. I have to fight to keep my joy because it's so easy to fall into those dark thoughts. When you have anticipatory grief, you have what's called re rehearsal of the death. And when this happens, you may find yourself visualizing what it will be like to have your loved ones gone. Many people feel guilty about these thoughts, but they are very normal and are part of accepting the inevitability of death. I just don't think that in our case it's normal. Because there is nothing normal about watching your child struggle with an illness that you can't find a cure for. In my journey with Luke, I've learned a lot about special needs. I've learned about a lot about his condition, not only from the doctors, but by watching other children that are like Luke. I follow moms on TikTok, on Instagram, and I follow the lives of these little children. And in reading stories of other parents that struggle with anticipatory grief, I read this quote, my child is alive Yet I grieve my loss over her every day. How awful others must think of me if they have actually lost their child to this world in both the physical and spiritual sense. And knowing this, along with your anxiety, along with your depression, along with your worry, along with your PTSD, along with the trauma you sometimes relive, and along with anticipatory grief comes guilt. There's always guilt. There's guilt for many, many reasons, but the amount of, of guilt a special needs parent feels is like the weight of the world. For me, I've accepted that I will carry guilt like a shadow for the rest of my life, and I have to learn to live with it. Some days I acknowledge it more than others. Some days it crushes me. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes I wear guilt so obvious in my face in my demeanor, in my character, because it's too hard. Others days I can, what I call, shelf it. I can shelf the guilt. It's there, but it's tucked away. I can see the progress that Luke makes. I can see his small victories, and I'm able to fully enjoy them. But guilt 
is always there. And when you experience anticipatory grief, you have guilt because you know your child is alive. You know your child is a miracle that they are here today. But there is guilt in the fact that you've thought about their death. Does that make me a horrible person when we're fighting so hard to keep Luke with us? You fight so hard to keep your children with you. You fight with insurances. You advocate with doctors. You push for them to get their needs met. Yet, you struggle with anticipatory grief. I wonder, does this mean I don't have faith? Because I know I do. I'm positive I do. But there's also reality. And how do you accept reality without wondering about the future, you know? These are thoughts that go through my head and I'm pretty sure go through the heads of other special needs parents. These are worries that nothing I do can take away. Because every day, Luke struggles. Luke has been in the hospital for weeks and weeks at a time. And nothing I can do, nothing the doctors can do can help him. Anticipatory grief stems from all that trauma. Anticipatory grief stems from those close calls, from those 911 calls. You know, I've never called 911 until I had Luke. And I really thought that this is like a tangent, but I guess this is something that just came into my mind. I really thought that when you called 911, there was like a sense of urgency on the other end, but there really isn't. You know, but. You know, they they showed up, but it's actually very calm. And in a way it's helped me stay calm. Well, I mean, I guess I know that what they're they know what they're doing, right? <laughs> um, anyways. But those experiences, those close calls, those nine one one calls, those emergency room visits, those procedures, those surgeries, those seizures the medications, the side effects of the medications, all of those things remind you every single second of the day that you just don't know how long you will have your child. You just don't. And so these thoughts start creeping in when you're by yourself, when you struggle helping your child and you can't those thoughts start creeping in even on good days you think how long is this going to last you never truly know anticipatory grief sometimes robs you from enjoying your child and you know that yet you can't stop those thoughts so what do you do what do you do what is it that keeps me going when it carries so much pain. There are a few things you can do that can help. Like I always say, have a support person, practice coping skills, process your thoughts. And when I say coping skills, okay, so a little bit about me. I am also a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I work in this field. I work with clients with depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, you name it. I've probably worked with those clients. And therapy 101 means 
you need to have coping skills and you need to have a support person. Uh, when I say coping skills, there's I, I see them as two different types of coping skills. You have um, like um, distracting coping skills, which would be like watching TV, which would be like um, getting your nails done, which would be like even listening to music, um, reading a book. Those are distracting coping skills but then you have processing coping skills and this is where you're able to manage those uh, depressive thoughts those dark thoughts and where you're able to manage the anxiety and depression that is affecting your daily life processing coping skills is journaling uh, talking to a friend uh, going to to therapy those are the that's when you process the depression, the anticipatory grief, the anxiety, the worry, you process it so you can manage it, not take it away. Coping skills don't necessarily take away the depression and anxiety and, 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 and those things, but they manage it so you can manage your daily life. So those are things you can do. Definitely helpful. Definitely things I would recommend to anybody and things that I am doing myself in order to go through my journey with Luke. But then there's also, for me, in my experience, and I can only speak for me, to me, the only answer that makes sense, that will help you carry so much pain, is God. And that's true. As much as you go to therapy, as much as you practice coping skills, have support system, God will really, really ground you and help you carry this load because it's way too heavy to carry on your own. That's it. God is how you keep it together. It is how I walk this life with my special boy and my family. And it is the only way I can choose hope every day. You see, there's something about faith that helps me know that this world is not it. This broken world it just doesn't end here. There's more to life than this broken world. So I know with every ounce of my being that whether in this life or the next, my son will be 100% healed. Every angel of special needs, like no matter what, that miracle you're praying for, that healing miracle, it will happen. Whether in this life or the next, it will happen. That is where I get my, my hope from. There is no doubt in my heart that Luke will get his miracle healing. And this makes me cry because Luke is 19 months old, a year and a half. And I don't know what his voice sounds like. He has never called me mom. You know, like, I don't know if I will ever hear that from his lips. You know, have you ever imagined your child not being able to call you mom? or respond to you with a hug. You know, I've never felt a hug from Luke. But in heaven, I will get my first hug from him. His first words, I will hear them in heaven. So, with anticipatory grief, that impending loss that you feel, it doesn't end there. There is hope. I believe God has a special place in heaven for all these special needs kids. 
And that is one of the main reasons I keep my faith alive and I work on it every day because no matter what, I will work so hard in this world, in this life, so I can see Luke in heaven 100% healed. That is what anticipatory grief is. That is what goes on in my mind. And that is what I struggle with as a mother. And I know I'm not alone. And I'm making this episode one. So if you're a special needs parent, know that you're not alone in these thoughts. Two, so other people understand the depth of this journey. That it's not something that can easily be glossed over when talking about your child. So they can understand A pain that we pray they never go through. And three, to create awareness of this mental struggle that we as parents go through. It's different. And everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own pain. Everyone carries their own burdens and their own cross. But this is one of the burdens that we carry. It's called anticipatory grief. It is one of the many things that sometimes steal our joy from our babies. But like I said, it's normal, but don't give in for too long. Don't let it sit with you for too long. Eventually, put it on the shelf and pick up your coping skills. Go to therapy, pray, find faith. That is the only way you can go on in this world. And it's the only way you can pick yourself up to be able to be the best parent for your baby. So yes, anticipatory grief hurts so much. But God, but God gave us a way out. And that is what I hold on to. And that is what I hope you can hold on to when hearing this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode brought hope and connection with your journey. If you have any questions, you can always follow us at the NICU family at Instagram, or you can go to my website at amyjbar.wixsite.com and click on the NICU and special needs uh, tab. There you can send me a message. Or you can go ahead and just connect with me on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Bye.